What's poppin' world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, Mike Rahari, the podcast nurse himself, the Puerto Rican kaiju, Chris and Joe Ramos, back at again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the WWE Premium Live Event SummerSlam from 2023. And I'm here with my co-host, the Mosest, Mr. Raul Montero. Say what's up to the people, man. Jump the shark. And we will get into that. <laughs> so, um, first things first. Not really WWE related, but in Alabama... There was quite the tribal combat going on. For real. <laughs> like, Between the Avengers came out of nowhere, like out of portals. Listen, we, we gotta talk about that shit because it was crazy. There was a security guard on a boating dock who got attacked by some drunken rednecks. All of a sudden, a bunch of white folks just started jumping the guy. He's a black dude who took his hat off like Bobby Schmurger. And he like summoned he summoned every black person near him. One kid, 16 years old, he, he swam across from a bayou boat. To the dam, so he wasted energy swimming to shore to to literally choke slam. No, no, not choke slam. To a rock bottom, uh, <laughs> dude. I'm like, this is some crazy and shit. While he was still drifting, he like lifted himself off, kicked his shoes off. That man, give that kid a listen. He's a minor. I get that, but give that man a medal. Give that guy that beer because he earned that shit. Like not only that. Sign him along to AEW so he can train with Nick Wayne. <laughs> yo, or, or, or Hook. But yo, no, no lie, that was wild. And folding chairs are on sale at Walmart right now for <laughs> super cheap. And in the end caps, like, listen, Walmart, you're playing too much. You're playing too much right now. But that shit was crazy. Man. That was that was a World Star moment that I don't even know if it aired on World Star yet. I think it was no. just all over Facebook and Twitter and IG. I'm like, what is going on? And then more clips come out and it gets crazier. So I'm just like, this shit is ridiculous. I'm like, I'm loving it. At the same time, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? This is like, because it's, I'm not big on the fight videos on Worldstar or on YouTube, but this one caught my attention because of the sequence of events. Like, this is literally like a street fight in a wrestling show. Folded chairs, whacking the uh, secretary's cousin of the state. I'm like, this is getting out of hand, but luckily the right people got arrested. The attackers got arrested and some, yeah. and hey. It is what it is. You learn a lesson today. Don't you want to mess with something in a small town? Make sure you know which small town. You yeah. <laughs> so learn that, Jason Aldean. Yeah, don't go to uh, was it Montgomery, Alabama? Don't go there and start with some bullshit. Nah. Like just watching all that stuff, I'm like, okay, who's playing like real life Fortnite right now? Yo. It just seems like yo, where are we dropping? The drop zone was Alabama, and everybody was ready just to give the fade. All right, so. Let's get to the actual planned wrestling show of yeah, the night. WWE SummerSlam out of Ford Field, Lions Stadium in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the first time they've done a SummerSlam in 20 years in Michigan. And good for Michigan. They needed this. They needed that boost. And um, I'm going to say that I understand why they chose Kid Rock to open the pay-per-view. Because obviously Kid Rock has... Oh, 30 been, years, actually. 30 years. God, 93. Damn. The last one in Detroit. 93. I was five years old. You were one year old. Yeah, the last WWE event at Ford Field was Mania 23. That's crazy. The one where Cena drove. Oh, that one with the breaking glass of the, yeah. of the Mustang. That was one of my favorites. But yeah. That so was a good Mania too. That, that, really, that was. I will say it's one of my favorites. I think that's the one where Punk was one of the many Cenas. No, that no, was no, no. Two. He was the mafia. He was one of the mob. That guys. was Mania Twenty Two because it was in Chicago. Yes. Anywho, uh, yes. So let's get back to the shit. Uh, so yes, they're back in Detroit. Um, I almost flew to this or planned to, but because of finances, I didn't. 
But at the same time, I'm kind of glad I did not fly out because the card wasn't really what I expected it. Granted, Triple H is right. Nothing was announced. So you can't hold it against them. If you expected certain matchups, it's just anybody who have a brain would have thought, hey, we're going to see Rhea versus Raquel. You're building on TV, right? We're going to see Becky versus Trish because it's literally the main woman's feud. Not even the woman's title, the woman's feud on Raw. And they're saving those two matches for payback. Understandable. And I, I know why. If they're going to have just two women's matches because of time constraints, Ronda Rousey's retirement match has to go off. Yeah. She's gone. Let's be honest. She should have left at Mania this year. I'm going to say something more controversial. Go she should have left Mania 35 after losing to Becky. Perfect place to just ride off of the sunset. And my biggest ordeal with Ronda is she is such a sourpuss. I never liked her attitude. I never liked her as a person outside of, um, like, as a person, she always was fragile. Let's be honest. Yeah. She never took an L in her life, in her entire life, and had to wait till that moment to realize sometimes you just don't win it all. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that is wild, because I learned that lesson very young, but she was so good in everything she did that she never has felt defeat, and I know how soul-crushing that could be the first time you've ever seen defeat in your life. And not to mention, like, millions of people seeing your first loss. Witness, and people are making memes about it. Like, I understand. So I'm being sensitive here, like, the context. But also, you're a grown-ass woman. You're an adult. You have to learn how to deal with scrutiny. And that's one thing she never even learned in WWE, how to deal with scrutiny. And it's not so much that, like, yes, WWE's fake fighting. It's not the same as real fighting. I understand that. More reason for her to have more of a laissez-faire attitude. And I feel like she's kind of hold. She's kind of hated the fan base ever since she's been in WWE. It's like they booed her when Becky and was the man, right? Yeah. She, and they had to make it a three-way because Becky became so popular. And again, no personal hate because Ronda on Facebook gaming, when I was in the pandemic, I watched some of her stuff. She seemed like a likable person. In yeah. the gaming world, she very much is likable. And I've seen her on Twitch streams or other people in WWE before they were banned from it at the time. And I'm like, oh, Ronda does come off as like a nice, genuine person. But when it comes to game face Ronda, it's a completely different person. Yeah. And it's not a negative or a positive. That's just how being in sports is. You're going to be an asshole in your sport. You're going to be a nice person. You know, it's, you get your aggression out correct with, correctly in the ring or in the football field or, in, you know, in the gridiron, whatever you want to call it, right? Any, your outlet. But in this card... I felt like if you're going to go out, you should go out with a bang. And it felt like a wet fart. And that's not a way to go out into the sunset. Whereas you're saying mania of the, of the of the previous mania before the pandemic, she should have just called it quits then. Yeah, she would have left on a great high note. On good terms, and maybe eventually she would have missed it and want to come back. Instead of being forced to come back and have this disdain for the fan base. Because, let's be honest, wrestling fans are some of the hardest fan, harshest fans on social media. Brutally honest and sometimes very insensitive. So, again, even me, the first couple sentences sound controversial. But here's the thing. I don't give a fuck. I'm being honest here. I'm just, I don't care how I sound. I know what I'm trying to say. And I'm glad that people know, listen, I come from a, I come from a family that's dealt with mental health issues. I've come from a family that's dealt with a lot of trauma, yada, yada. I don't use that as my crutch. I, I, I live every day as new and I don't 
but some people just have don't have that innate ability in them and i know a lot of people who dealt with some stuff so again i try to be sensitive to people's situations but that being said i'm gonna be critical of the art yes that's where the criticism lies on and the criticism for me is ronda's wrestling ability and how it's been lacking thereof. They, they weren't even at her match yet, and we're already like getting yeah. that because that's what's like. Out. Think about it. Like when we went on our Fast and Furious binge, we had to talk about Ronda's acting in Furious Seven. And honestly, it was terrible. But that is a very again, it could be objective, but no, it was bad acting. Yeah. And I've seen many MMA fighters go to movies and like Randy Couture can act, right? Yeah. Um, Fuck, a GSP was a Marvel villain. He Rampage Jackson in eighteen. See what I mean? Like, and again, um, everyone's different. So, but as far as acting, it's not an easy skill. Not not everybody could be an actor. That's just what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So her outlet was gaming, and she excelled at that. She loves being a gamer. She she really was likable back then because when she talked about gaming, she was very passionate, like a nerd about games. Right? Like, okay, I kind of like Ronda now. And then when she lost, her attitude changed. Completely, her personality almost changed to the point where I'm like, I don't even know who this person is anymore. And but let's put a pin in Rhonda's. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to more of this later because yes. again, it's it's disheartening. So I'm trying to say because yeah, I watch these live events. The items performers are putting their heart and soul into this shit, and they want the spot because so many people who should have been in that spot weren't there. But let's start with the ones who were there. Who was the first match of the night? It was Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Here's here's my criticism of Logan Paul right now, right? I have none. He's doing everything right. There's one thing that he's not doing right. Okay, go for it. Promos? Not about that. Okay. Logan, why the hell can I not find Prime in stores? Yo, ever since the lawsuit, you cannot find Prime Hydration. Prime Energy is a plenty. I got a feeling that to disassociate... Prime energy from prime hydration. He purposely is making these gaps. But he was handing them out in the crowd during his entrance. So either little kids and teenagers in high school are buying up all the prime, which I can see that because when I was in Seven Eleven, a younger the lady was asking her mom where the prime was. So you gotta have the distinction. But the thing is, it's like the lawsuit is about the prime energy, not the hydration. Which is, hydration is like a Gatorade or Powerade. Yeah. Prime Energy is a literal energy drink. They're two different drinks that people think are synonymous, which is not the case. One one is fizzy and one is flat. Yeah. They're not the same. And they do two completely different things. One's to wake you up and one's to, like, work out, you you know, to recover. So, yeah, that's my biggest complaint. Uh, but no, and that's, it does my biggest complaint about Logan, then he's doing it right. Like, listen, he proved all the naysayers wrong. He can wrestle. He gets he gets heat now. He knows how to use it. Um, he's pretty much. I think he's learned from his brother, as far as like how to be a good heel. That was the main reason why he opened the night. Because he wanted to go to his brother's fight against Nate Diaz. Uh, Nick Nate Diaz, right? Nick. Uh, Nick Diaz. Yeah, it's his brother. Bro, I keep forgetting. Okay, so Nick Diaz, right? Versus uh, Jake Paul. I think they were in Dallas. Yep. And uh, for literally right after this match, they had a private jet waiting for him to bring him straight to Dallas. He didn't even switch out of his gear. No, I mean, there is showers in those private jets from what I hear. True, but like 
putting on like the same gear back on like afterwards. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the actual match. Um, <laughs> I think this is hysterical. I got a I got a pop up from Streamlabs asking me, "Have you ever thought about starting a podcast?" <laughs> Yo, okay, sorry, just had to point that out. Logan versus Ricochet was produced by the Hurricane himself, Shane Helms. This match exceeded my expectations. Like, I was not stunned and awed, but like it had the proper build up. It wasn't spot fest heavy in the beginning. It literally had its beginning, its climax, its finish. And it is a psychological matchup between two high flyers, which I thought was not doable because everyone wants to see them doing crazy, like, you know, spots so they can, like, trend on social media. But no, they actually put on a really solid wrestling match, and I enjoyed it. For me, it's because I have seen the Ricochet Osprey match before in the past. Oh, yes. And, like, once you have seen that match, it's kind of hard to see, like, any other ones with Ricochet when other people are doing the flippy shit. I don't want to sound controversial because it makes sense. They want to make Logan their Will Ospreay. Yes, and I understand that. This is not a demerit against No, Logan. no, no, it's not. This it... feels like we have Will Ospreay at home. And it's perfectly fine that Logan was that person. And not to mention... How they added Samantha Irvin in for the heat. Honestly, I thought there wasn't enough heat. I feel like somebody would have commented that uh, I want, like, he should have said, I can't wait to hear my wife say, I can't wait to hear your wife say my name out of her mouth. Like, you know, like almost quoting Will Smith. Like, they could have, it could have had a little more, more, you know, silver. But I kind of got that uh, intention. Yeah. But again, it, it just needed a tighter promo. But again, not, not a bad take. Um, and oddly enough, she was wearing, by coincidence, Logan's colors in the yeah. match. Or maybe it was planned. She was wearing a yellow dress, but it is summertime. Yeah. And he's wearing his, I guess you can say his, like, bee sting colors, like black and yellow, right? That's what he wears mostly. But sometimes they're blue, blue and yellow. Yeah, like some sort of Wolverine look. Some sort of X-Men, uh, uh you know, uh, X-Men, uh, Uncanny X-Men outfit. But, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it suits him, and it's very distinct. You don't see any wrestlers in those colors. Yeah. So, so I'm glad he picked colors that kind of... I got a feeling he's like a comic book nerd. He's like, you know what? Let me just go with an X-Men color. I mean, considering all the stuff that he went through with the whole Pokemon thing. It would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, this match was good. I'm not going to like pick spots. I'm just going to say that they both tore the house down. In the end, Logan won by brass nuts by a friend they never showed, right? No, they never showed who it was. I thought it was one of his boys from the podcast. I did too, but it's not. I think it was a dude in a wig and a hoodie, so they purposely, you couldn't tell who it is until Monday Night Raw when Logan, oh wait, is it Raw or SmackDown? No, it's Raw now, yeah, Monday Night Raw, which we'll find out, which obviously is on right now, so we're not going to find out this very moment, but whenever Logan's segment comes out, I'm pretty sure they're going to show who it is. It'll be somebody who's probably just been called up the main roster. That's what I'm assuming. Oh, God, just imagine that sort of debut. Who do you think it could be, though? Because it, it looked like a slender guy. It wasn't like anybody jacked. Nah, I have no idea who it could be. Because he looked specific. Like, he looked like Grayson Waller sized. But Grayson Waller's on SmackDown. So I'm like, who could fit that role in NXT currently that might be called up? And the only guys I know they're getting called up recently are the Creed Brothers, and they're both monsters. And JD McDonough was called up, but he's already he was already in the battle royale in the card. So like, 
again, it's all speculation. We're going to probably find out by the time this podcast airs, so I'm not going to dwell on it. But it's just like, you know, the mystery of who is it? So, again, now let's give the score. What do you rate this match? A B plus. I'm going to give it a, a solid B. Not because it was bad or anything. I just feel like it was a very well put together matchup. And shout out to Hurricane, man. The guy knows how to. He gave, he like pretty much gave uh, uh, permission slash gifted Ricochet his uh, Avalanche Neckbreaker. Which is good because it's a move that Ricochet doesn't really use, but it, it makes it, 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 it works in his, in his repertoire. Yeah. It doesn't seem like something, it's not like out of his wheelhouse, if that makes any sense. I feel like it's. It's, it's such an easy move, but also it looks cool. <laughs> um, that being said, Rogan won by nefarious ways, so that's probably why I give it a B, because it wasn't a definitive like, win. It was kind of like a... You know what could have like, boosted up my grade a little bit more? What? If you just had like Samantha Irving get like, an exasperated... If she were to slap Logan and then Ricochet no, got no, fired, like, I wanted that. Enough. I wanted him to like walk up to her and like you know bow up to her. And then Ricochet gets like Super Saiyan, like fired up and starts attacking Logan. That's what I was waiting for, I think. No, no, no. I wanted her, like, even after the match, just like, here's your winner, Logan Paul. Like, yeah. something so half hearted. But they didn't, apparently, she did say his name, but it wasn't aired, I think. I don't know. I didn't know. I was waiting for it, but no. But she said it, it, it just didn't air, but she did <laughs> say it. Um, it might have been during their weird commercial breaks. Uh, okay, that being said, next matchup, because they got seven more of these bad boys. Uh, Cody Brock 3. Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest. I've always complained about this. Why did Brock attack Cody? They never tell you why. That's something I don't want to repeat myself every time. But the match I saw tonight was a good match. Yeah. I was surprised that even though there's no stipulation, Cody beat Brock clean. And in the end, Brock broke the script and he did his own curtain call by raising Cody's arm up. Probably because Brock's out of the picture for the next six months until Mania. True. And not to mention the shorts rift. Yes, the SpongeBob meme is trending with Brock Lesnar on it, and I'm dying laughing. But I didn't see the short rips, his shorts rip, so I gotta rewatch it if I want to no, see it. No, it's like in the front. Oh, by the ball sack. Okay, well, there you go. On both ends, too. He needs some better tailors, those damn MMA shorts. Uh, <laughs> you think Jimmy John's pulled out of their sponsorship? That's why? I think they did, bro. Remember, like, he doesn't have the Jimmy John's in the shorts anymore. Now it's just his logo. Um, this match is cool. Cody makes a great entrance. I'm not going to dwell on that. Um, it's an American Motor City. You know, uh, they had a big video package that took up a lot of space. Yeah. A lot of fucking time for this. There was on this. Like, I know giving the, like, backstory, we haven't watched Raws, but, like, this shit was, like, 10 minutes, right? Like, it had to be. No, it was, like, five-ish. No, no, the one that was a lot was the Roman one, but we'll get, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, but... The match itself was solid. Um, trip three, three, um, three crossroads, and he wins. And then you know he gets arm raised, so it's like the passing of the torch. And like hugs his mom, and like yeah. everything is awesome. And then the camera guy zooms in, and like the stack girl that was like right behind them in the fourth nice. row. <laughs> Yo, wrestling cameramen are some of the biggest perverts. I swear yeah. to God, it doesn't matter what federation promotion they are, they're on top of them. Anyways, um, shout out to Cody's mom. Who is uh always at a show? She was in AW shows. She was in NWA show uh, when he was doing that all in. I think she was in the crowd. Yeah. And she's on her his WWE shows. And um, somebody posted online. I think it was uh, uh, my friend Seahawks Cameron. He's like Cody's mom has the most age appropriate haircut. I'm like, 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she has a mom bob, but it fits her, you know? Listen, she, that woman's got some strong genes because I see Cody's face in her face. Hmm. But uh, this match was a good, I'm going to be fair, A-. minus. I'm going A- minus as well. Because here's the thing, I had no interest in this match. None of us did, because there was no explanation. Like, sometimes you gotta talk to people. Brock gave promos, but none of it explained why. Like, if Brock added the caveat, like, if you beat me, I will tell you why. That would have been intriguing. And, again, the intrigue is in the details. Especially WWE, who's so good at storytelling. This just felt like one of the weirdest things they've done in a while. Not give you story, but just give you fighting. But... I'm not complaining because there's some good matchups after this. So, now we got this covered. What's the next match? The 25-man Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. Snap into Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> this was solely... Okay, can we just talk about the fact that they got the Slim Jim sponsorship again and they're keeping Macho Man as a part of it? Listen, this is what's called um, history, okay? Slim Jim has always been associated with WWE. Macho well, Man Randy Savage. No, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. Let me finish my sentence. Slim Jim has always been associated with WWE. Macho Man, when he went to WCW, tried to take his his uh, sponsorship to WCW. They were not having it. No, he didn't. No, the fuck he didn't. He, there, there have been a couple of WCW Slim Jim promos. Then with Macho that must Man. have been early on in WWE next day because there's something came up. I saw some someone posted about it. So, I, like you know, like it was strictly. Like it was, he wanted to take his his uh his uh partnership over there, but it just didn't work out. So I don't really, know. I could. I feel like it's a Mandela effect. It's probably a Mandela effect, dude. Because in WCW, he was strictly NWO Randy Savage. He wasn't. He wasn't that Randy Savage. But you know what? You're right. Because when I first saw Randy Savage was in WCW Nitro, and he probably was a Slim Jim commercial. It might have been an older commercial airing on the channel, just because it already was recorded. Right. That's probably where the con the kind of and I have seen the edits. So technically, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I have seen the edits of them having Macho Man's original commercials, but then they just add like another superstar. I think it was Kevin Nash. Yep. At the time, was still with WWE before yeah. he left. It. It, listen. That being said, the the lore experts will find out. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm right. I'm just saying from what I've understand yeah. understood. Um, Slim Jim Battle Royale was. It could have been the bathroom break. Let's be honest. Battle Royales in WWE are usually shit. Yes. Unless it's the Royal Rumble. But that's different. That's the Royal Rumble. The Battle Royale is just a device to get all your guys on the card so they don't bitch and moan they're not on the card. Yeah. Let's and be honest. notice who got the jobber entrances. Who? Literally only three people didn't get jobber entrances. It was The Miz, AJ Styles, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and almost. And Omas, yeah. Omas, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, with MVP. So MVP and Miz are the only two guys from the Ruthless Aggression era who have both appeared in both uh, SummerSlams. <laughs> that was a fun little tidbit. This was cool, but it was way better built up than your average. They treated this like a Royal Rumble. It wasn't like a shitty Under the Giant Battle Royale. It actually had stakes. Almost was just taking guys out. JD McDonough got taken out right away. For real. Dude was supposed to be in Judgment Day by now, and apparently he's not on the cards. I guess, you know, plan change, brother. <laughs> that is what it is. Here's another thing that made me laugh. Uh, Theory getting the jobber entrance, being in the match. 
Isn't Theory the current United States champion? Yep. Oh, they're going to get that belt off him, aren't they? No, not what I'm thinking. No, but they should because that belt either goes to Santos. Because the rumor was Santos Escobar is going to be the face of Latin, Latin WWE. Like, he's going to be the guy for, like, you know, the Latin American market. So they want to put the United States championship on him. So when they do their Mexican tours again, which they just did it. So I don't know how they're going to – I don't know. They want to make him the next Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio is on his way out. Yeah. And shout out to Rey Mysterio who's recovering from a concussion. Um, that was a freak accident. It was a tope. Yeah. And he hit his head twice. But it didn't look like he hit his head twice. But apparently he got his bell rung twice in that match. So uh, I hope he heals up well. And if he has to retire, man, he's going out on a high note. Because Rey Mysterio does not owe us anything. He's given us his all. And not to mention, he's going to be backing up Dragon Lee. Yeah. In NXT. If anything, make Rey Mysterio a manager role. No more wrestling. Just make him a manager. And, like, have the young guys represent him. You know? Yeah. Like, all right, guys. It's time for me to be hanging up. And, uh, you know, have him lead the NWO to the promised land. Just like Team Angle. When Angle was taking the back seat. And had uh, Chad Gable and uh, Charlie Haas. Not Chad Gable. What am I saying? Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Yeah. I'm mixing factions here. <laughs> and, and eras, too. Yeah. Sorry about that. But this was okay. I'm going to give this a C plus. It wasn't crazy great. It wasn't horrible either. I will give it a B because there's at least, like, interesting storylines interwoven in it. And considering also the winner was L.A. Knight, who yeah. got a pop, who got the biggest... Like, he has... Add to era pops when he pops it. Not only that, he's even trending online. Like his stuff has been getting more likes and retweets than anything else off the card. And doesn't he sell the top five selling shirts on WWE.com right now? I believe so. I'm not a to beat Cody in top selling shirts, that's a big feat. But people love LA Knight. And the complaints I hear from Kevin Nash and other people saying, Oh, he's just a mix of Stone Cold the Rock. I'm like, you're saying this shit like it's a bad thing. Like we don't have people like Stone Cold The Rock anymore. Uh, we need a younger generation of Stone Cold The Rock. And let's not forget, he's the one that does the motion capture for Stone Cold and The Rock. So, of course, he's going to have the mannerisms. And also, his gimmicks never changed. Ever since he was Eli Drake, he's always been like this. Ever since he was in NXT, you see the clips online with him in Triple H in that video with their training. Yeah. It never changed. It's not like he's not been this. And... Again, he what a crazy path for a guy finally making it to the big time at forty, which is like yeah. unheard of. That's not since DDP has anybody like been skyrocketed to someone like that. So again, hasn't won a belt yet, so I can't speak too soon. But I hope. I we, mean, besides the million dollar championship in NXT, but NXT everybody wins. I feel like Hunter gives everybody uh, trophies in NXT. It's easier mm-hmm. than the actual main show, but but piggybacking that the whole thing between AJ Styles and Karrion Cross. That was cool because you're building out the actual current feud with him, with him and him. <laughs> yeah, Austin Theory and Santos Escobar like yep. building up for their match on and Friday. Pay, pro, oh, it's Friday. It's even on payback. No. So could it be that he actually wins on SmackDown and then they have the rematch on the pay per view, or does he does Austin Theory cheat to keep the belt and they have to you know run it back at payback? Or maybe option three. They give Santos, like, another, like, we're sorry, but something is coming up, and just give LA Knight the push, so that way... Or a triple threat. Everybody's happy. Maybe. Maybe. All right, so what's... one more person to talk about in this match. Oh, my God. I hate battle royals. Go for it. Go for it. Chad Gable. 
Dude, oh my god, I'm sorry. We have to talk about Gable. Motherfucker literally powerlifted Bronson Reed. Yeah. Big ass, thick ass Bronson Reed. And did the arching German suplex on his ass. Like, bro, to deadlift a grown ass tank, not a grown ass man. This man takes up two seats in a plane. Like, it's he's he is a lot of muscle. And he literally was able to pick him up with ease in slow motion. I'm like, yo, Chad Gable's inhuman. This guy's strength is like, he's done it to bigger guys, but this is the biggest one yet. This is like John Cena F5-ing, I mean F5-ing, F-U-ing, I mean attitude-adjusting Big Show. Like it's and that, Edge at the same time. And Edge at the same time. I forgot. Well, right. remember, he carried them both. I think Edge like bowed out, but he still had both on his shoulders at once. Which is wild. Fucking crazy. But yeah, shout out to Chad Gable. Alpha Academy's over. Everyone loves these guys. I used to give Gable, Gable so much shit when he was shorty, shorty G, because I'm like, oh, they're going to bury his ass. But Alpha Academy has been a saving grace. And low-key, I'm pretty sure it was his idea. And good on him for creating something that actually works for him. Yeah, even adding Maxine to it. Oh, that was the best part. I feel bad for the Maximum Mill models. Let's be honest, that gimmick was 20 years too late. Zoolander was out in 2000s. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. like, it, it just seemed like very outdated. Hopefully those two, Mansoor and, and Mace, can come back and get better gimmicks. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Plans always change. The always old saying. So what's the next match on the card? Now we get to talk about it. The MMA match. This was literally the bathroom break. And I'm not even making fun of it. Droves of people. Did I not, saw that. Didn't let the arena. You can look it up online. And it's not because it was a bad wrestling match. It wasn't even a wrestling match. They did a fake MMA fight. And that is, again, works to Ronda's, I guess, what she's good at. I don't know how to say this. I just, I don't want to shit on her for the sake of shitting on her. But let's be honest. This is the wet fart. Like I was saying earlier, it's a wet fart way. It's not a way that you want to put over Shayna. She, 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 she should have just done a regular wrestling match. Or better yet, the Lions Den match where they do the cage. That would have been a perfect the opportunity. The fight pit. The fight pit. That's That would have been perfect. It's, yeah, a, it's a gimmick match, but it, it's not too gimmicky. Or better yet, just do like the half steel cage. Like like a AW did with Wardlow and, a, and a Jake Hager. Yeah. Like, tr- treat it like an actual, like, MMA fight. Make a cage. I think a regular cage fight would have been perfect. If we're just asking me, if just a regular cage match would have given the allure of what they were going for without full-on going for it instead of what this was. And it was not a way to really... I don't I don't feel like Shannon got put over well. Like, nobody popped for this match. I'm, I'm being for real here. I'm not even being mean. Like... It was literally the match. Everyone was like, all right, we're not here for this because it's not Becky and it's not Rhea. Who are your two most over women on your division right now? Or, uh, you know, Bianca as well. I'm not going to – and Charlotte. We'll, we'll get to them. But that being said, this is – I've had said enough. You go ahead. Like, don't get me wrong. I was interested in the bounce back of, like, you know, Shayna's out of the way swerve that allowed the future ex Mrs. Montero – to gain back the title that she never really lost. Love you, Liv. I'm sorry, what? I just had a thirst real quick. <laughs> but, like, Shayna, we're finally getting glimpses of, of her of her NXT run that she was on. And the shout-out to Shayna Baszler, who's been trending online because apparently she sounds like Naruto. <laughs> I've seen those. I hope she's actually responded to that because I haven't seen her actually respond to that, but she does 
she does sound like the American voice actress for Ron Howard, so it's not said a negative. It's just a weird coincidence that their cadences are yeah. very similar. Um, but Shayna won. She was a t- t- technical knockout. She choked out Ronda, who never tapped. Yeah. So that makes Ronda strong. She never said she tapped. No, no, no. She should have tapped. Like, you want a definitive, like, bow on it? Just it, tap. Again, Head they, to your friend. It's the one grievance we all we all have and I'm, I'm i'm done talking about it can we move on to the next match I'll, I'll rate it i'll be honest i'll be fair it was a c c minus for me there we go all right what's next in line next is the intercontinental championship match mcintyre versus gunther this pumped this was big meaty men with big chests slapping me Love you, Biggie. Listen, Gunther, he's not dead, cabrón. <laughs> he's just retired, sadly. Uh, he'll be able, he'll be in commentary soon enough. So Biggie's gonna transition to commentary officially, um, which will be great because he has a great voice for that. Absolutely, and like you can have someone that's as silly as like the King was back in the nineties. Absolutely, but not like you know an obvious HR violation. And also, Biggie is the most like beloved man backstage. Yeah, like everyone loves Biggie, but everyone who met him in real life loves Biggie. He's just become he comes off as a very like real guy. Like he's just a very humble dude with a big personality when he needs to, right? So like yeah. he's got the bravado and he, but he's so well spoken, eloquent, and he's very much like a man's man, a gentleman, but also a nerd. Like he's a perfect combination of everything you like about him: a jock, a nerd, a gentleman. Like he he's a five tool player of how to be a good guy. Yeah. He's Carlton Banks with a mega mushroom. He's Carlton Banks on fucking gear, if you ask me. Uh, so that being said, the match here with McIntyre and Gunta. I do got to say, I love the fact that Vinci and Kaiser, after being in the Battle Royal, just like still had enough stamina to be out there. Poor guys, after getting tossed around by Omos. Um, what I will say about Gunther's reign is, I know he's not going to lose to pass his Honky Tonk fans. So I knew he wasn't gonna lose this one, but I also knew this was gonna be a great matchup because not since Mania, where you got a glimpse of this match where McIntyre was debating his contract, which he still technically hasn't signed. People want to say he signed, he hasn't signed yet. That being said, with the new laws, there's no more 90-day period, so it would be instant if he were to jump ship if he doesn't resign. That's on them to resign his request. So I'm not gonna hear and speculate what his future is. I'm gonna focus on the match. And the match he gave us tonight was a almost like this is what I can do, right? Like this is like this is why you. Yeah, hide. this is my tape. Here's my tape, as you can see why you guys brought me back. And Gunther is Gunther. Like I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. He's a very solid wrestler. He looks the part. He's old school as fuck. He can fit in any era of wrestling, and his move set, as basic as it is, very powerful. Like it's a big guy doing. Shit that a big guy shouldn't do almost. How many how many chops do you think you could take from him before you like tap out? Dude, I'd say two because I feel like his hands are huge, number one. Uh, but I don't wanna when it comes to chops, you don't wanna play tough guy because you can stop a heart. So I wouldn't play that game. I think one would be like, alright, I'm good. But if we're in a wrestling match and I was expecting it, I'd say I would look like Brian Danielson when he has his uh, was, oh. when he was in the <laughs> when he was facing off uh, everybody in the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was fucking gross. 
But yeah, I think I think I could take something. I, I, let's put a number twenty. Twenty, if you were like in a if match. Chris Van Vliet, no offense, Chris Van Vliet, great podcaster, great shit guy, who's a regular journalist, he's not a wrestler. If he can take twenty-two chops from the flatback school, I'm pretty sure I can do about twenty realistic chops from Gunther in a match with proper training. Yeah, I think I could do it because I used to do MMA, so I can take a hit, and a chop is not as hard as a punch. So I think I can, or a kick. Or a bear hug. Let me not get me. Gotcha. I could take 31. One for each year of my life. And then you'll be negative years old. Exactly. <laughs> um, this match was five stars for me. Oh, five stars. They're doing great. A plus. A plus for me as well. Like, this was the thing that was... I feel like the triple threat at Mania, although it's my favorite match of the night, I just prefer these one-on-ones. Because it is... Well, with... Which ties us to the next one to match on the card. Which is that one next? No. We'll get to that. We'll bring this back around. But yes, I do like the matchup. And also, it's two guys that look realistically that they can beat each other. Right? There's a, there's no hint of, oh, the underdog. Like, no, they're both fucking kaijus. Right? So they're both big guys. 6'5 each. And they're both built a little differently, but they both are menacing. And Gunther retains, and his streak keeps living. He's now about 30 days. He needs to hold on to the title the night after payback. And that's it? Yeah. Dude, so pretty much the Raw after payback, he can lose it. Or he keeps it till Rumble season. Loses it at Rumble. Surprise entrant at Rumble. You see yeah, that? the thing I've been saying ever since the Rumble happened. You can play back the tape. I've been saying since Mania. I want Gunther to be the one to beat Roman. And he fits. And with the SummerSlam after like press release, they said, yeah, I think it was Paul Heyman's words, they'll give up the Roman will give the bell whenever the fuck he pleases. So like this rank can continue to literally be a few they're only in the third inning out of nine. Yeah. Oh my so god. So which means he's gonna break Bruno's record. At this point, might as well. And that way you retire in a high note. And whoever you beat you then Whew. But also, that also like pushes back a lot of people. Yeah. You're not going to see anyone else. At win. that point, you might as well give the title to Dom in like eight years. You know what? Eight years is enough time for Dom to get good. <laughs> <laughs> and build some muscle and actually look, look, look the part. Um, which, okay, let me, not, let me not body shame Dom. But let's just be honest. If he were to train as much as Rhea was, he'd look like Buddy Murphy as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Buddy Matthews, he's in AEW, yeah. You know what I mean. He needs to get jacked. Not super jacked, but just look like a grown-ass man. You're in your 20, mid-20s, you look like you're still in high school. The guy needs to fucking hit the weights. So, that being said, yes. Um, what is the next match on the card? The next match is the rematch, seven years in the making. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Boy, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be negative. Can I just talk about the entrances? Yeah, let's start with the actual beginning, the entrances. Absolutely. Finn coming out with that seven mark on the to- on the labrum that he tore that night mm-hmm. was one thing. Seth then coming out in the vest that he wore that very night. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want like just drama in your wrestling, you want your sports entertainment. There you go. Even before the first fist has been thrown. Like... Here's the thing. Seth is a troll. Yes. And he plays mind games. His psychology is, 
I'm going to wear a piece of gear that reminds you of a moment where I ruined your life. He wore the shield gear when he faced Roman. And he's wearing this when he... And he wore the polka dots when he was facing Cody. Yeah. We know what the polka dots mean. It was the era of WWE where they're make, making fun of Dusty Rhodes. And putting him in polka dots was the most demeaning thing Vince could do at the time because he was so salty because of the whole Monday Night Wars. Because Dusty, obviously, was the booker of Nitro. Um, also, uh, NWA legend. So he's like, let me make... You know how, how Vince treats his legends like shit. So, that being said, stroke of genius. But what was Seth's gear jacket? Was it like a princess dress? I thought he was doing weird Barbie. That makes sense, considering what just came out in theaters. So, yeah. let's go. He was it. doing King McKinnon's character. Okay, cool. That being said, I didn't hate the match. The match was fine. Yes. Now, that being said... Judgment Day interfered. Rhea, who didn't have a match of the night, came out in a beautiful bob haircut looking like Jeff, uh, Joan Jett. Yes. Dom came in to play. Priest offered Finn his money in the bank briefcase, but it looked like he was cashing it. Or Finn just didn't understand. And Priest became a meme overnight. overnight. Like, bro, seriously? Like, bro. <laughs> he even posted it himself. So. Oh, I have that reaction pick. With that being said, I save it for everything now. I per oh my god. <laughs> I personally don't understand why they couldn't give the title to Finn at SummerSlam. Isn't Rollins leaving to do more like MCU related um, acting after this or something like that? Now, at the moment, I was pissed, but then I realized in just a month, payback. Is gonna be like there. There is another pay per view. I'm sorry, premium live event in a month, and payback might be the one where he wins the belt. That being said, it made Finn look like a complete fucking chump in this matchup. That he was so dumb that his own ego, like he, who's the heel? Who's the heel in the match, Seth or Finn Balor? He looked like the dumbest heel in this match. Because he was so insecure that Damien was going to cash in the belt and, and you know, and, and, and restart the match. But no, Damien was trying to help Finn. So I get for story building, like, you know, Finn's becoming like the Mad King. Like he just doesn't trust anybody. But that being said, man, they could have given Finn the belt. And then tensions arise because Finn's got the belt. And he thinks his buddy Damien's going to cash in and pay back or... Whatever the case may be. Like, over the shoulder, but, like, at least, like, give it to Judgment Day. Like, if Finn would have won, mm -hmm. you would have had, like, Judgment Day hold, like, everything in a sense. You would have had the whole Undisputed Era, uh, we have all the gold moment, right? Where, like... Well, not exactly all the gold. Technically, I know there's a lot of... But you know what I'm which saying. Which, I understand. Which, speaking of gold, like, with KO being injured, this is the second premium live event in a row where the tag titles aren't defended. And also, the women's tag titles had to be evac um, evacuated. Um, Sonya Deville was reported on TMZ, of all places, that she'll be out with ACL injury for a full year. You're right. These titles are cursed. They've, I've said it since day one. Since since Sasha Banks and Bayley dropped them, they've been cursed. Oh, since Naomi and Sasha left, yes. they've been cursed. And it is a coincidence, sure, but 
no one's been having, no one's been able to have a proper run with them. And it's, it sucks. It's a lot of start stop. So my idea was instead of focusing on a women's tag division on WWE, they can leave that for NXT. Take a women's mid card. Yes, Intercontinental, United States Champion. Just replicate because they have enough women for a mid card champion. A Dana Brooke, a Carmella, a anybody, a Zoe Stark. You know what I'm saying? Like there should be an in between. You don't just become I'm not the champ or the champ. The men have I'm either the champ. The mid card champ or the or the main event champ, and the tag champ if you don't know what to do with me. Exactly. Uh, it sucks. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's happening now. We're missing Raw, so we'll see what they decide. I have to catch it up on. I'll probably watch the Russell Talk uh, review where they talk about it, where they're like yeah. three minutes. Um, dude, what do I have to say about this match? The finish wasn't my favorite. The match was decent. I just feel like the wrong guy won. Personal opinion. Personal bias. Finn needed a win. He hasn't held up. would have tied up the story well. I mean, he even gave Rollins a buckle bomb. Literally would have concluded the story. It would have it would have been a nice karmatic karma finish for Man, this made Seth look like fucking John Cena. That shit pissed me off. Like he got hit in the head of the briefcase and still kicked out. What the fuck was the point? Like you're making Seth look too strong. For a guy that dresses in weird clothes and acts like the Joker. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like not 2016 Seth Rollins. This is Seth Rollins who's just recovering from his social media disaster of a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> who's getting momentum. Getting the fans behind him. Only got the fans behind him because some random assailant in Brooklyn attacked him in, in the ring. Um... And the fans kind of like had to like you know like, it, it, I feel like that was a moment where he got a, that assailant to snug up on him on Raw. Yeah, because they weren't cheering or singing his music before that episode. And I remember when Seth came out later, it was like he was almost like putting a brave face, like I've been attacked, but the show must go on. Everyone started cheering for him, and it just became a thing. It just became an uh, animal of its own, right? So the match was good. I don't like the finish. Too much going on in the end, and it made Finn look like a dumbass. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a C for me. This is definitely a C. It was just typical. I don't want to say Vince booking because Vince is out with. Uh, he might go to prison. He might not. We'll see what happens. Or I'm sorry, he's out on medical leave for a spinal surgery. Um. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. This match was a weird... I think everyone agrees the finish is odd. The match was really solid, but why Judgment Day interfere if it's not going to cheat to win? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They could have... I don't know. I don't want to do all this shit. I don't want to be negative, but this pay-per-view had me more mixed mixed reactions than anything. In uh, more recent for WWE, this is the one pay-per-view where I feel like they try to do things a little bit too... Like, if they kept the formula of what the previous few pay-per-views are going... It would have been a really stellar card. But the card here was like, it was like all over the place. It, it was a roller coaster of emotions. There we go. Yeah, definitely. Which is weird considering this isn't the SummerSlam where they brought back the roller coaster. Oh my God. This isn't the SummerSlam where they brought. Rumor was The Rock was going to appear in like, I don't know. And then rumor was that Kyrie Sane was going to appear. There was a lot of bullshit rumors that I didn't feed into, but they really. Well, the Kyrie ones at least like. True, but not true. 
Yeah. She's finishing up her dates and stardom and coming back to the States because now that Nani Chax isn't working there to me, she's safe from her. Oh, It's man. okay. The mean Samoan can't hurt you no more. Bro, man, that's crazy. I, I don't think Nia Jax will ever come back. She's over 40. It's 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 time for her to hang up the ropes. Again, I'm not being ageist. I just know how WWE is, is with women that are over 40. They're not full-timers. They're part-timers or they do small stints. It's not... Her full-time runs are done, as the old saying goes. Right. And she lost a lot of weight, though. Shout-out to Nia Jax. Lost a lot of weight, and she actually looks amazing now. So, so what? Is she Nia Jax? She, yeah. <laughs> uh, she actually is the same build as her niece, uh, Ava Rain, in NXT. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, like, impressed Like she got down with that. I mean, maybe because she has all the free time, she could train more. When you travel, you don't have that luxury. Have you noticed, any wrestler comes back from injury, they're more jacked than when they're, like, because they had the time to work out and not just travel so much. So, that being said, what is the next match on the card? The next is the triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship. Okay. Match was awkward. I feel like they... Towards the finish, when it was one-on-one with Asuka and Charlotte because Bianca was injured, they got the ball rolling. But I feel like for a triple threat, it was like everybody was lost in this match. I gotta admit, like, Bianca had me, like, sold. I literally thought Bianca, like, hurt herself for real. She sounded like she was in actual pain and almost sore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, fuck, this wasn't according to plan. Because it wasn't your typical sell. It was a spot that, like, I would say it's the mercedes Monet spot from that New Japan show where she, like... Oh, her ankle spot? Yeah, man. And it was the same type of injury. So it's, like... They took from real life and made it storyline almost like, oh my gosh. But they told me they got they they swerved me for sure. Yeah. Um I I do say the match wasn't the best. Bet what was better the match was after the match. Yes. Let's talk about the finish first. Go for it. When Charlotte has Asuka in the figure four, yep. going into the figure eight. Bianca comes out of nowhere, like elbow drops. Yeah. Elbow drops on Charlotte and pins her to win the match. These the the that was genius. Yeah. And then Bianca wins, and then who comes out? Damage control. Yep. Eo cashes in her money in the bank briefcase, beats Bianca, and is now the new. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, someone posted it. I think it was uh, Steven Larson. Yeah. Yeah, it was just Larson on his... No, Steve on his channel. And he spoke about, like, Bianca just can't enjoy a match at SummerSlam. 2021 yeah. loses it to Becky. Yeah, that weird match. You're right. 2022... Doesn't have a full celebration due to the debut of Damage Control. 2023, EO cashes in. Damn, you're right. <laughs> like, let a woman enjoy herself. No, she's got to suffer because it builds character. <laughs> Think of the adversity. Literally. Um, I don't know what to rate the match because the EO spot was the main thing that popped the crowd. And the people were really into this match that much. And it's not, not only that, then Dakota coming out from the crowd. Yes, she's healed finally, and like, well, not well, you know what I mean. Like, she's able to walk, <laughs> and um, and they, you know, damage control completed their their mission statement, I guess, to put the belt on Eo. 
And Eo was the right person. Everyone loves Eo. She was so over in Puerto Rico. She was so over in London. I don't want to speculate why Eo's so over. She's just a very talented woman. Yeah. Like, she's finally... This is why I'm glad she came back to WWE after she was ready to head back to stardom. Or even head to AEW. Let's be honest. It would have probably snatched her up. That being said, the biggest hang-up with the Japanese talent is their English. EO's English isn't great, but she has Bailey as her voice. Yeah. She has Dakota. To, like, they play off each other very well. Yeah. Like, it would be kind of cool if they kept having, like, those promos that she and Asuka had going back and forth. Those were things of genius. <laughs> the full-on Japanese promos. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that spot... Was five was was an A plus for moment for me, but uh, the actual match was just convoluted, and I'm gonna be fair and say it was a C. C. I'm gonna say B minus for the triple threat, but it bumps up to a B plus because of the moment. All right, so we're basically like that. Then let's put it. All right, so if I say a C. Then it's a C plus for me, plus B plus for you. Yeah, it's funny. I've never this harsh of a critic for pay per views. It's it's like I don't like this feeling, but at the same time, it's like I have to be honest with myself. Exactly. And like for me, I'm I'm, I'm not at... I'm not here to pander. I'm here to like literally give my. Opinion. Oh, trust me, your audience is gonna finally hear what I'm about to say Ooh, for I'm... the next match. It, that is the tribal combat match after 17 minutes. Of promo packages. That means you could have taken a whole shit. Ordered a pizza. And come back to your seat. Because they literally summarized the entire three years of the tribal tribunal <laughs> of the bloodline. From SummerSlam 2020 to now. 20 minutes that could have been used for the Becky and Trish match. Or the Rhea and... And, and and Raquel match. I'm sorry. There's no need you need to do 20 minutes of fucking. Well, if we're being technical, 17 minutes. But they could have cut this in half. They didn't have to show every moment. They could have just summarized the last year. I'm pretty sure anybody watches WWE knows the storyline of the bloodline. Yeah, like you could have skipped the Sammy section of it. You could have skipped the Cody part. Just focus on the Roman and Jay. Literally, just those segments. And that being said. What were the rules of the tribal, tribal uh, chief match? Anything goes. Except interference during the match by outside people. I saw the stiff. It aired on TV. What happened during the match? People intervened yep. during the match. They broke their own. Why make rules? And you're just going to break them. Literally pisses me off. You could have just said no DQ. And that's it. No DQ, but the stakes are you get the 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 uh, the necklace that the chief of the of, of the tribe wears, right? It's the crown that that necklace um, that Uluakali, I think it's called, is the same one that Umaga wore when he was running wild on Raw back in 06 and 05 with Armando Estrada, because he was a then tribal chief, and before that it was the Rock, before that it was Yokozuna. You know what I'm saying? And then Peter Maravilla. And Super Fly was, was after my idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like it undermined the entire match. Don't give rules if you're not going to abide by them, man. It's like, what the fuck's the point of the rules? It's... 
Shout out to Greg Miller for being the loudest one in the background. What do you mean? Like, did you hear the one person in the crowd screaming like, Jay, take care of him. Bro. The fact that this was, someone said, do it for Jimmy. That, that was Greg Miller. And Jimmy, what did Jimmy do? Jimmy betrayed his brother because he was jealous? or We don't know. It, it, We're it, going to have to wait till Friday to find out why. And the thing is, the entire internet was in agreement with me. This shit makes no fucking sense. It was, it, again, it was going to be a hot topic button. I want to call out the entire web and say, my first initial reaction is, what the fuck is going on? Now, you add context on SmackDown, of course you can fix it. Yeah. That being said, there's no reason why Jimmy, the guy that just came back from injury, would help the guy that put him out. Unless he was just jealous of Jay. But he's overprotective of Jay this entire time. Which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Because remember the I Quit match? Yep. Where, like, Jay quit in order to save Jimmy. Yep. Everything he does, he does it for Jimmy. Literally. This was retribution for Jimmy being hurt. So, like, there's so much going on, and I'm like... You can't, you, you cannot hold it against me for having the reaction I had, because a lot of people have the same reaction. This shit make no sense whatsoever. Bet they're going to make it make sense. I understand that, Th- but that's, at the moment... At the moment now, with what we saw... This shit makes no sense, and I'm standing Like, there. it's not even like, oh, tune in to find out. This is just like, huh? The fuck is going on? Like, don't get me wrong. I was fine with Roman beating Cody, and everyone's reaction is like, no, nah, they ruined the entire thing. I was, I was like, already expecting it. Let's put it that way. Yes. This, you're going to need to, like, have the most elaborate... You're gonna have to have a good script, and thank God—I mean, you, thank God that the damn writers of WWE aren't on strike. Because how are you gonna explain Jimmy turning on his brother like that? You just killed the Usos tag division, the longest reigning or most longest tenured l- longest tenured tag team with the most wins, and they're gonna throw it away to start up into a, a blood feud between brothers. Because, and someone pulled this up in an Ariel Hawani interview. Jay has said he wants to fight Jimmy at, at Mania. Mania. Okay, then you you gave me context. But my initial reaction is is fucking you know, like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have a reason to be like, this shit makes no sense. Yes, and I'm still like that way too. But like, okay, this is the way I look at it. You remember Solo's debut at Clash of the Castle? Mm-hmm. And how... That didn't make sense at the moment, but you, when you're looking at the context, like, all right, Jimmy can't fly over, Jay can't fly over. No, 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 it made sense to me. I, I think I said it was genius, but also it was just like a cop-out. Yes, but it at least still adds the forces to the bloodline. Here's the thing. I'm going to hold this opinion until I see you next week, this week's episode of SmackDown, right? Yes. And then I'd be like, oh, that's what they're going to do. That's fine. It's called context. I need context is all I need. Understand. But I'm going to grade this based off the match. Exactly. And what I'm going to say is this. Easy way out. It was an easy way out. D minus. You just barely avoided an F. Bro, 
I'm gonna be honest with you. This match wasn't a bad match. They had me going that that Jay could have won. Yes, but what is the thing that you said? You broke its own rules. You broke its own rule. Like it's not that hard to say this tribal, this tribunal match. What is, what's it actually called? I'm sorry, a tribal rules match. Yes, you put the fucking rules online. You put the rules on TV for people to see, and broke your own godforsaken rules. Um, so with that being said, I am not happy with this pay-per-view all in all. My highlight was EO winning because she deserves it, even if it's through nefarious ways. My low light was this main event. They had me like, I just wanted Roman to destroy his cousin. Like he didn't need all these shenanigans. It, it kind of like almost makes Roman look like a bitch. I'm sorry. Like, you know, like it's. Or, let's be honest. It's like this tribal chief longest reign is all the horseship, and like I know he's a heel and all, but come on, man, he could have defeated Jay without too many shenanigans. For me, it's just like they could have done it a better way. Like everyone is immediately saying it jumped the shark. It yeah, jumped the shark. That's literally what the initial uh, reaction, reactionary comments, and I get that. We're not going to know. People it's a, it's also said they jumped the shark when Cody lost. People were saying they jumped the shark also when Sammy lost. And these are reactionary reviews. We're not doing these reviews based on what we assume they're going to do because we can't fucking read the future. You know, we're, we're going on what we saw. Like, what if we paid $50 to see this, right? I would have been pissed to see the main event the way it was set up. It should have been something epic of proportions. I would have even preferred somebody else debuting distracting Jay and then that's when Roman like, takes advantage. Like, who would you have? Problem is, the guys they want are not currently in WWE. They want Tamantanga and Tonga Loa who are currently in the G1 uh, who also had a bad match and bad booking with Gato. So it's not just WWE. Uh, New Japan's also doing some fucking weird booking decisions as well. And AEW. Oh, AEW's been listen. AEW's been yo-yoing as far as like booking decisions. I'm not even even as a guy that like really defends it hard. Like they're not perfect either. They're, I feel like everyone is. Re, there's too much reactionary. I feel like everyone wants a shock. They're doing too much. I feel like stick to basics when it comes to booking. It's a story. Every story has a conclusion, begin, a beginning, middle, and end. Not everything has to be a twist if it doesn't call for it. This was literally a match of rules, and you broke your, its own rules. That's how, that's why I graded it so low. It's like I'm being honest. It's I'm gonna say it's a D. Being honest, and I hate that I wanted to do that. I wanted it to be an A because my expectations were like, oh, Jay's gonna die. You know, like Roman's gonna go in there. And playing mind games with Jay like he normally does. But Jay is not ready for the limelight and fails because his hubris get, gets him beat. And he, like, you know, falls like frog splash and he, you know, no pool in the water. No water in the pool, right? And then Roman catches him and spears him and then spears him again and spears him. I'm, I thought it was going to be a brutalization of Roman to Jay, to, Jim, to Jay where Jimmy would come out after the fact and say, stop, stop. At least to tie it in from, like, that Hell in a Cell match all those years ago. And that's the thing. It's just, like, I feel like now... If you want it, to tie all these loose ends, there was a moment right there. I think they're not going to tie loose ends to Mania. And that's fine. By then, we'll figure out what happens. But now, 
it does add intrigue to SmackDown. You're going to tune in, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, you'll hate watch SmackDown. No, no, no. I'm not saying... I'm hate- saying the reactionary crowd will hate watch it. Oh, yeah. And then just be like, How you going to fix right. this shit? Yeah. And you know what? It's cool because I do believe that uh, they... I don't even want to. I don't even want to offend it. I'm like, I don't know. I think they're running out of ideas. I think the bloodline storyline. They want to do this for six more. So the bloodline's running thin. Blood is running thin on this. They need more iron if they're going to continue. I'm serious. They they're going to need to literally step their game up story wise to make things make sense now. Like, do you think they're waiting for God to finish the G1? I believe they are. I believe once Roman. Has God on his side? He's gonna turn on Solo the way he turned on his other cousins, and then it'll be the Usos and and Solo versus Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Roman on the other side. So it'll be three on three, six man main event of Mania next 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 year. Ooh, that would be good, but I'm also thinking Survivor Series. That too, but again, I'm just tossing ideas out. Like, yeah, I think they're relying too much on guys that they think are gonna sign with them eventually. Versus focusing on the guys they currently have with them. And that's the problem. It's like, how much of the bloodline storyline... The, the show is the bloodline. Like, SmackDown is the bloodline show. Even Sheamus came out venting that he should have had a match on the card. And he was saying, before the pandemic, no one gave a shit about Roman. Like, look, listen, Sheamus said this. I'm pretty sure he's going to get yelled at for saying that all in, in, a, in a quote. But he feels the same frustration that we do. I don't mind the bloodline storyline. It was really good in the beginning. But it should have ended at Mania with Cody winning. And with Roman becoming the Mad King, trying to get his crown back. Simple storytelling. And it's now convoluted. And that's just the way I believe it's going. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not perfect. I'm just going off my reactionary complaints. And and they could change with SmackDown next week. Or even build up the payback and be like, you know what? Looking back, maybe I thought differently. Because I am open to change. But again, based on this show alone and what I've seen, it was a weird pay-per-view. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Bad Bunny's the one to beat Roman. Yo, relax. I think what's going to happen is Cody will beat Roman at Mania next year. But if he doesn't, Roman's going for the San Martino uh, record at this point. Like, definitively, he's going for San Martino? Has to be, because you're, you're already too far. You're in too deep. You can't go back. And then by then, we'll see what happens. But that being said, this has been my... My most negative takes review I've done or no, and I hate being that person, but again, I have to be honest. I feel like this is our most negative review since uh, All Out last year. Yeah, which we, of course, that was the one with the brawl, and I'm like, mm. it happens, folks. Sometimes the pay-per-views aren't as great as you uh, build them up in your head. That's reality. But, but on the plus side, it's still free. Free because it's on streaming, and also, I got to say this, right? Shout out to LA Knight. He got his spotlight. Shout out to EO Sky. Well-deserved, well-earned. Shout out to Chad Gable. Gable for stealing the... Man, that's going to go viral for sure. Not only that, and also the little uh, Mike's Harder ad segment. I love the Mike's Harder ads, I will say. Um, But I'm going to leave on a high note. Detroit, the crowd in Detroit was amazing. Yeah. Everyone there was into it. Everyone loved... Again, they were being honest themselves. They popped for the people that deserved the pops, and they barely paid attention to the parts that kind of were not it. So the crowd was very honest. Detroit's a tough city to get a crowd reactions from. So 
again, my 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 review doesn't really differ much from the crowd reactions of SummerSlam. Looking back at it, I think. Agreed. And plus, I think everybody's just fucking annoyed at Roman at this point. <laughs> but he's a heel. It's the thing. He is a bad guy. So. Yeah, like, just imagine if we still had that baby face being shoved down our throat. Cabron, that's the problem. It's like, I don't, that would have been, like, I can't watch this. If it was big dog Roman. But at least now, it makes sense to hate him. He's a fucking bad guy. Yeah. So Like, imagine if we had suffering suck attached son Roman. It would have been uh, Super Cena 2.0. That's what it yeah. would have been. And that would have been go away heat, not actual heat. This is actual heat. This is like, okay, let's see the next SmackDown. Because I'm going to watch the next SmackDown. And I'm going to be like, okay, let's see what they got for us. Like, compared to the last couple of big four moments, when it comes to the bloodline, you had, obviously, Cody losing at Mania. Yeah. You had the Sammy being kicked out of the bloodline at the Rumble. Yep. You had them all standing together at uh, Survivor Series. Yes. And just last SummerSlam where he gets like lifted from a tractor as he buries like Lesnar. And I, I highly reviewed that SummerSlam, the one yeah. in Nashville. So it's not that I don't appreciate the shows. I do watch the show and love it. I but want, it's just like... I'm think, critical of, our, of things that I watch because I watch it. That's why I'm... Yeah, like, it. we're investing our time into you. Time is the most valuable resource because you're not going to get that back. Nope, we're not going to be the same age we were last year or the year prior. So when I watch a show, I want it to be amazing. I want it to be Game of Thrones for the last two seasons. I want it to be Breaking Bad. I want it to be The Mandalorian. You know what I'm saying? Like... You watch things because you think they're great. And yeah, with that being said, this has been our SummerSlam review. Um, I wish I had better, better, better things to say. But again, I'm not hating the show. This wasn't, this was just one of the weirdest. Could it be the Vince thing that's made some of the decisions a little bit funny? I feel that. It's like the elephant in the room. Like Vince might go to prison. Vince is getting, his house was raided. Let's be honest. Uh, He might be tied to some scandal stuff and. It's not the typical Vince scandal. This is political scandal. So he could be literally facing his last few years behind bars. So maybe so much focus was on damage control on that end. Instead of damage control in the ring. Being honest. Exactly. That was a good one. Um, But that could be a factor why some of the decisions kind of felt like uh, out of nowhere. Makes sense. So, uh, Connor, I got to give you credit for doing the best you can with your father-in-law getting himself into more shit so shout out to triple h for like really just being a good <laughs> booker i wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple of weeks we get stephanie back in wwe i'm gonna be honest if vince is gone it's definitely gonna be stephanie back and we're gonna see another women's revolution and hopefully things go for the better but that being said this has been our review of wwe SummerSlam 2023 out of detroit michigan um we'll leave on what is your High notes of the whole night. Yeah. LA night for you, for me, EO Sky. Um, and that's... that's They're both on the same tier for me, but I mean, like, you had the entire audience, like, backing LA night. It was unavoidable. It was like Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan. It was like uh, Zack Ryder. Uh, it, it was one, but again, instead of burying the guy, they're actually doing something with him. And they are invested in doing something with him. So, I'm not... 
I don't, it's not like I don't trust WWE now. It's a different WWE altogether than it was years ago. But um, they're capitalizing on their popularity. The guy is selling the most T-shirts. You can't ignore that. Exactly. He's bringing you the revenue. So that being said, this has been another episode of the podcast. Mr. Shields, we are signing off. Till next time, take care and see you in the next one. Bye, y'all. Peace.